How's it going? And welcome back to the 44th View. It's myself, Ryan, and this week, Rob isn't available. The shy bag. Um, but I have been happily joined by an old friend of mine and a new friend of mine. Uh, the guys are part of a podcast called The Centre Cut, all based around whiskey. It's Matthew Smith. Born. That's what I remember. You. Yeah. Is it still Matthew Smith born? Or is exactly, it? Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Legally. Yeah. Right. Like, cool. And Michael O'Connor. Is it? Michael O'Connor. Yeah. I do. I've, I called him Chris earlier, but I remember the second name somehow <laughs> now. So, um, yeah, the boys have graciously accepted to come up and have a chat with me tonight. Seeing as Rob is a letdown cunt, but um, apologies for the language. <laughs> oh, we're gonna. I don't know if the boys are gonna put this on their uh, their side of the podcast. So. I'm sorry to the Santa Cuff I'm fans. sorry as well, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> I never met you. You could be a lovely man. So, yeah, the boys are part, as I said, the Santa Cup podcast. This is a little crossover we're doing. Um, I thought, because Matthew's an old friend of mine, we thought it would be cool to link up and, and talk all things whiskey. So, if you're into whiskey, keep on listening. If you're a recovering alcoholic, I'll probably <laughs> cut it out now. <laughs> but, yeah, look, if you want to learn about the shit that has you fucked... Uh, <laughs> join along so uh, we'll do a little bit of an intro Matt as I said you're an old chum of mine how's things good yeah yeah, yeah absolutely good as in that's the that's the most zesty I suppose intro <laughs> yeah. we've ever had look this is my first time without Rob so I mean well I hadn't there was an episode where Rob wasn't around and I had to do like 20 minutes by myself and it was the worst 20 minutes of my life and I was just sitting here talking to myself like <laughs> thinking there's people gonna come through the door and all and me just sitting there trying to do a podcast by myself but yeah how's tricks how 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 what's what's up how I haven't seen you in like 10 years or something yeah good yeah my first time seeing you in person I know in, in yeah. about 10 years yeah, since like Chris Chris Pordy's gaff so it's nice I'm like oh, there he is again next to fella yeah good good well, thanks for having us on yeah um, um, between me and, and the fella here now it's nice to see you. I've been keeping up with your stuff the last yeah. little while yeah when the whole thing in this modern day and age we're dealing through social media yeah so I wouldn't see you in person or yeah. even if I'm down about in the hometown yeah. I wouldn't see you at all I yeah yeah because we're explaining I moved out the dreamneries at last in 2015 so I haven't even down rings in and I was, exp- we was talking off off mic. Um, I seen an ad for Jameson, and it was you and your little apron. And I was like, oh, it's, no, a yeah, it's a big apron now. It's a big, big apron. <laughs> you know? World's best whiskey connoisseur. I said on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a Jameson. It was like an ad on me fucking uh, on me Instagram, and I was like, I know his face, and I was like, that's played Matthew Smith. I was playing crack with him. I sent it on to Richie, and then, as I said, Richie actually put me on to the podcast, and I'd given it a few listens, and I was like, ah, fair play to the boys, you know. So. Good to have you on, and Michael, what's the crack, pal? All good, but I'm not. <coughs> I'm not from Rings End. I can tell. I can tell. Where are you from? I'm from Cork. I'm Cork, Cork by. I'm from Cork City now. <laughs> I did spend fucking nine years up here, Ryan. Yeah. It all got a bit bull. At, <laughs> at the end, I was going home to the lads, and I was like, "What's up?" And they, and they were like, What's, What's up, bro? What's the story yeah. with you, man? Yeah, so, yeah. Matthew actually said to me, "I should go full pure Cork when I was here today." <laughs> but I'm just going to speak in my natural. I know, lim- I know, the rubber bandits are Limerick, but as soon as you said that there, full Cork, I was like, "Man, that is blowing boy in a fucking without his mask on," you know. So, but uh, yeah, so you're from Cork, and let's jump straight into you guys. We normally do. So we we'll re- actually I'll quick do a review last week. We had Chris Cabs on. Great having him on. He's a really kind of inspirational guy in the shit that he does. He's a music singer, songwriter, producer. Had a big show in the academy there, so we'd like to thank him for coming on last week. It was a pleasure having him on, and shout out to Theodora as well for setting her up for us. Um, but yeah, we'll jump into the boys. So, the Santa Cup podcast. 
I seen recently before we kind of get into his ourselves and how he's became a, a, a duo. I seen recently he's had a bit of trouble with some uh, some other cunts con- trying to call it claim the center cut or some sort yeah. of. <laughs> I seen it. I was like, man, this is beef. I have to talk about this. This is like rapper stuff at the start. Yeah, yeah. Like jumping head yeah. force on our man, straight in, no kissing. You know. Cold water. Let's let's start fucking slating cunts. I let my take that one. <laughs> um, yeah, look, I'm going to be diplomatic on this. Right, one. right. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll I'll do all the slating because yeah, I don't yeah. know who Thank it you. is. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, look, it was one of those funny things where. What we're trying to do is give people a little bit of a different lens into the whole whiskey world, to be honest yeah. with you, man. It can all be very heavy lifting and it can seem like if you're not completely invested in it and if you don't absolutely love whiskey, then there's no space for you. And it's yeah, just not yeah. something that either one of us feel. So right. that whole little debacle you're talking about, <laughs> it didn't actually mean that much to us, to be honest. We just thought it was a little bit kind of uncool a little bit uns- yeah. a little bit unsound a, bit, a little bit underhanded it, a little bit yeah. like and now it doesn't matter at all at the end of the day it's not like we came up with something we weren't recreating electricity when we came up with a name but yeah. we can get into this later on we're talking yeah. about the whole idea the Sendico for a long time since 2017 and Matt still works in whiskey I worked in it for 8 years so it means a lot to us and right. yeah, it, yeah. it means a lot to us that people get something from the podcast and it means a lot to us that people maybe look at Irish whiskey in a slightly different way than they did before so yeah that whole thing you're refer- <laughs> that whole thing you're referring to was it was definitely a bit of a strange one yeah, and yeah. we reached out to the parties involved and just the response was all a bit like yeah yeah You'd roll so, your eyes to the back of your yeah, head, you know? Yeah, so basically someone was trying to rip the boys off and they didn't stand for it, yeah? We'll, bit, we'll leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, we'll leave it at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's so, funny that you picked up on that. It's funny because we've heard it from a couple of people that people I've, me and Mike have encountered in person in yeah. the last few months. Like we kind of, as Mike said there, we kind of like leapt away from it. We're like, you know what? It is what it is. It didn't work out. Move on. Yeah. Whereas people are coming up being like, what's the story there? What's the story there? So <laughs> Everyone loves a bit of beef, man. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't we haven't found any beef yet, but Vanny Podcast want to come at us. Yeah, well, like, all I would say is uh, beef in the whiskey world is the cringiest. <laughs> it's, the it's the cringiest of all the beefs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I doubt there'll be any gang-related violence over it, will there? No, no fights. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you mentioned there um, Mick. I call you Mick Michael. Sorry, I don't know. No, it's a, what you it's a ring's end thing, yeah. You, yeah, Mick, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you mentioned there you walked in whiskey eight years ago, so tell me a little bit about... So for me, I'll just kind of give my kind of general taste on whiskey or whatever. Jameson Ginger Ale. That's as far as I go. Now, don't get me wrong, I have like have had mates that have like Red Breast and Middleton and, and good kind of whiskeys, but I don't like... <laughs> I don't really like the taste of it in the back of my throat unless it has a, a, a mixer or whatever. But like, I do understand like there's big market in there for it, and like there's obviously a, a a group of people that do enjoy whiskeys, and it's a big thing. Like it's I know about like aging and stuff, but for me personally, it's just Jameson Ginger Ale on the weekend. But tell me a little bit about maybe at the start of your kind of whiskey journey. Like when when did it start? Was it because like maybe people would think, oh, you start drinking whiskey at like when you were out drinking on the gargle or whatever, or like that's a little bit about the the, the original. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me, Ryan, was I'd have a kind of if whiskey would have been a thing in my family. Not the people who were involved in the making of it, but like my dad wouldn't be a big whiskey drinker, but he always loved it when he yeah, drank yeah, in. Yeah. And a couple of my uncles were big whiskey drinkers again. Not that they were at it the whole time, but they yeah. absolutely loved it. So. When I was small, I probably always had a little space of it was different to a pint or it was yeah, different yeah. to a glass of wine. It was right. maybe something for a bit of a special occasion or whatever. Right. 
And then I I attempt I attempted college after school and college wasn't for me. Ah, oh, stop. And then I was kind of boffing around a few different jobs and all of a sudden I was down in the distillery in Middleton where all those Irish distillers whiskies where your Jemison is made, yeah. your Jemison ginger yeah. and lime and all that. <laughs> and I, I met people for the first time in my life who kind of passed on a sense of they were very passionate about their job and it wasn't all about the money they were earning and it really mattered to them what they did. Yeah. And I just caught the bug. I yeah, loved yeah. it. I loved the kind of story attached to it. And then I started to really enjoy the whiskies. But I think a big part of it for me and a big part of the message we're trying to get out there is that if you're Irish, you can be proud about Irish whiskey without being a whiskey drinker. Yeah. And I think that's maybe sometimes a difficult thing for people to understand because people think, well... How could I care about Irish whiskey if I don't like whiskey? But we get very proud about other produce, other products produced here. And that's the kind of big message for me is that I don't think everyone's going to sip whiskey and love it. But I do think people can have a different understanding and a different kind of respect to it. Right. And I caught that early. (coughs) So then I was eight years, eight and a half years working for Jemison. And I did lots of different roles throughout it. I was involved in kind of say more kind of the bar program side of things and the cocktails which is fantastic because it gives people a different avenue in it people can kind of see that something that is hyper traditional where you have to just sip on a glass of powers like we're having a little nibble on powers now yeah yeah. we love powers before before we started the the podcast i goes how do we neck this or what's going on the boy's (laughs) like no no you sip me you sip me a bit of decorum (laughs) yeah Yeah. the boys are very fancy when it comes to yeah very fancy we even brought you nice glasses just see that yeah no yeah very i I was expecting me to blade and pull out the coffee cups that we have there and (laughs) get them going but um now i can say definitely say it in your there the way you speak about it because i know for myself as i mentioned i'm not like huge into the whiskey world so this is a really interesting kind of conversation that i was looking forward to have because as i said jameson but um it's for me we i think or like you can obviously correct me here whiskey is a one like a, a huge export for us like in the sense of and we do really good whiskey i know maybe scotland's probably the closest or who would be are we up there as the man yeah so Scotland would be the biggest like producer in terms of volume so right. we're only tiny like in terms yeah. of what we supply to the world it's like it's, it's all but for quality wise quality wise it's it's top tier yeah it's in terms of what comes out of the oil and we hit on it there is and what we actually make in the country is like second to none yeah. it's just in terms of like there's loads of reasons why things like American whiskies or Scottish whiskies would be more seen to be like the bigger industries yeah. because they are in a way yeah but more support it's big, it's big time, it's big time. But a little fact I'll give you this, we're not going to be all education here today. But no, I want education, yeah, yeah. man, I'm, I'm interested. Yeah, a little tiny thing, like <laughs> as in, like, in terms of what it's worth to the economy, like as in the late 18, early 1900s, as in Irish whiskey was the biggest source of tax income for the government. Right. So like just the whiskey industry on the island was the biggest tax yeah, income yeah. for the Irish government. Yeah. So that was, it was a huge, huge part of our right. culture economy. Yeah. Um, it's changed obviously now, it's only quite yeah. small, but it is coming back. Um, the brands are produced again. You mentioned Jemison. I said to Mike, like I said, when we started, it's funny enough, the Centre Co. This is right. this is the truth. I'm not saying <laughs> this because we're on the 40th. No, no, go for it. From the day. You can tell you how you can spoof all you like. But, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I was walking in the Phoenix Park back when we started record before we started recording, which is about two years ago now. And we're thinking, like, who, who are we actually trying to talk to? Like, what do we want to? Who are we speaking to? We're talking about whiskey, and it wasn't. Yeah whiskey drinkers or people who are really into it or nerdy about it and I actually referenced someone me and you know it's uh, right. Jordan Mitchell ah Mitchell yeah, yeah I, was, I was getting my hair cut off Jordan <laughs> yeah. a few years ago and he was cutting my hair and all and he said basically what you said there a second ago he goes yeah. he's like oh you work for Jameson yeah I'm like yeah, 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 yeah. he's like oh I just drink stuff and I go yeah 
And he goes, Jesus Christ. He's like, I'd only ever drink a Jameson ginger lime pack. Yeah, yeah, and that's all it. Oh, yeah, no way. He's like, born a trout off you. And I remember thinking, <laughs> I want to be speaking to someone like Jordan or someone even like yeah, yourself yeah. who's like, look, it doesn't have to be that kind of mental, weird lunatic drink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you just give it a bit of time, like you said, the shooting or the taking of time on it, <laughs> it can be something that if you get someone to calm down a little bit, they can be like, oh, Jesus Christ, I never realised that it was actually accessible and grand after the fact it's not 10 o'clock at night, yeah. it's not 2 in the morning. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, see, because again, I would only kind of look at whiskey as a means to go out and get fucking pissed, you know what I mean? Like, that's all it's ever. But I associate all of alcohol with that, you know what I mean? Like, a pink gin, but I'd have it with 7 up, you know what I mean? Or vodka and fucking whatever. So it is, it's, it's interesting, man, cause, and it's cool to be able to link up with you now after all this time and, and have a bit of conversation about what you're doing and as i said i do want to get educated on it because i'm getting old now you know i'm 29 i want to start well i just mean like excuse me i'm 31 i'm young <laughs> I'm i just i just mean it in a sense that i un, i kind of do get the whole like the way people are with whiskey you know and i mean it's kind of like say people that collect cards like fucking pokemon cards or people that collect stickers or you know, it's well, obviously not in that sense, but I mean, like, it's it's something that probably brings people together, and you've probably met a great source of people, and and it's it's a really cool concept. So, Matt, we get into you, then how did you kind of get involved? Because I remember we were in the tech together. Matt was one of those guys. He was like, you never want. He was like, you you knew he how much force he had in his if he threw a dig, but you never <laughs> he never done it. Like you know what I mean? Like we were like we were all the part of the boys or whatever, and. He was just that quiet guy that you just didn't want to fuck with, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like this guy could just snap at any minute and just batter all of us. Like, you know That's know weird thing. The whole snap thing. Is like, is he gonna, is he? <laughs> He's like kill, calm, and collected, but the switch could flip and your bollocks, you know what I mean? I don't think you ever fought anyone in school, did you? <laughs> Uh, like a, f- a few tiny minor yeah, yeah. there was never anything of any big, consequence big, yeah, I don't think anyone yeah, ever did it was did a friendly in couple of years yeah but like yeah. he was like do you ever remember in the Simpsons where there's like the, the gangs are fighting and there's just that one little Asian guy standing there and Thomas like no I want to see what that guy does and he just he ends up battering everyone that was Matt that was you know just you didn't want to mess with Matt but uh, yeah so after the tech because I know I mentioned on the podcast I've dropped out I went to college for a year dropped out started working on Top Man and this is how me and Rob came up with the podcast. We're like, fuck it, we'll throw it out. So after school, what did you do? I went on a bit of a jack of all trades. Yeah. Buzz Ryan, to be honest. I went to I went to do security management studies in Crumlin. Yeah. Because you might I don't know if you're calling <coughs> this, but I was either gonna be a teacher or in the army. I remember the army shout, yeah. The army thing, yeah. That, no, I don't remember teacher, snap yeah. Thing. <laughs> yeah, Jesus Christ. Don't give him a gun. You'd be on the front line. <laughs> but uh, I went yeah, by himself. By myself, yeah. like, come on. Yeah, taking out the wall. But uh, security studies, and then I went to do, do security in Dublin City Centre. I was in the Royal College of Sores, and that wasn't for me. I went into hospitality. I walked close to home in Shelbourne Park. The dog track there. I walked yeah, the I was bar. walking in the dogs myself for a while. Jo- right. But Jordan skill, though. It was yeah. Jordan skill, yeah. You probably before me. Yeah. Because Porty got me. I was walking with Porty as well. Same as me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was in there on the bar and the, and the restaurant that also wasn't for me. And a friend of mine, an overly optimistic friend, who was like, do you know what that kind of fellow? He was like, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. You're in a bar and he goes, what do you want to do? I was like, I was drinking Jemison. So I said, you know what? I work for Jemison. And he went on to his phone looked up jobs there was a job yeah. in the city centre for like a tour guide or a bartender or yeah, whatever yeah. I just kind of thrown the kitchen sink at it went in there and then that kind of started in 2016 and right. I kind of realised this is this is ultimately what I want to do Yeah, yeah. so it was kind of security to hospitality into, into yeah. Jemison over the course of I'm the years. same I went fucking top man to Facebook 
Yeah. So I was security company. <laughs> so, don't know how I landed there, but I'm fucking, I'm doing well. So hopefully they, none of them listen to this podcast. <laughs> <I'd be bollocks. laughs> so, uh, yeah, so when did you kind of start? So you said you started walking in Jameson. As you said, your mate looked, you were drinking a glass of Jameson, whatever. Was it the, the love was there, or did you kind of figure that out as you went along in Jameson, or how'd that happen? Yeah, look, if anyone, even any of your listeners, like I was always the fella in the group who would have like been the fella who liked the drop of whiskey. Yeah. But I didn't have a clue. I wasn't overly enthusiastic. I yeah. wasn't a nerd. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I love a little drop of this. And I kind of went in and working for a company like Jemison and Irish's Letters, it kind of it fosters growth. Mike mentioned the people who make it are incredibly proud of what they do. So yeah. when you're surrounded by that, you're not surrounded by someone's like, I hate coming in here. Yeah. I yeah. watch a door for eight hours. Yeah. I hate carrying plates. You're yeah. talking to people who are like, I love walking this whiskey, juice. Yeah. yeah. So it kind of fosters that passion. It becomes a bit of a hobby outside of work as well. Yeah. yeah. And it grows and grows and grows and grows and grows. And there's only a couple of people that catch the bug. Yeah. Like, you know, like if you go into Guinness, you go to the Bush Mills, you go to Jemison, like a couple of people really love the stuff and a couple of people are doing it for a job. Yeah. So like me and Mike would have been a couple of the boys who caught that bug, caught the bug yeah. and kind of pushed on and yeah, just grew. Yeah. yeah. That's cool, man. It's it's really interesting. As I said, I don't know too much about whiskey, so I'll obviously get you our pick you our brains for it. So <clears throat> what is it exactly is I doing now within Jameson? Because you were saying cocktails and stuff like that. What is it is I working at now? You, Matt, as I said, Matt's been in advertisement and all. So, what is it exactly is I doing right now, like with with Jameson or? So I'm not uh, with, Jameson. Not with Jameson. No, anymore, I'm not sorry, with yeah. them anymore. Yeah. So waste during coronavirus, COVID nineteen. COVID nineteen, yeah, man. man. Oh, yeah, we, we won't go down that rabbit no, hole. We won't. No, <laughs> Maybe a few more of those whiskeys, and we'll, we'll get into the vaccine. No, we'll, st- we'll stay a mile away from that. <laughs> yeah, I was one of those mad lunatics who started a food truck. Right. So I actually started one with one of my best buddies back home. We were just doing toasties and coffee. So I've been kind of tipping along with that since. And then the centre court will be a big part of what we do in terms of takes a lot of our headspace up. I suppose right, we yeah. have like big ambitions when it comes to the whole thing and. Yeah. Something that started as a podcast for us, Rain, has really become kind of multifaceted in that we've started doing live events and they bring us a lot. First of all, they bring us a lot of joy. And I think, yeah, Matthew was referring to like having jobs or doing different bits and pieces. You realize after a while, at the very ripe age of 29 or 31, <laughs> yeah, you realize that the more stuff you can do, and I don't mean this in a cliche bullshit way, but the more stuff you can do where you're like, I absolutely love what I did yesterday. Yeah. Like th- there's untold value yeah. in that. Yeah. So I suppose we have big plans now for the center cut, for that platform. We have real belief in the fact that we can be the people that capture people with yeah. Irish whiskey that haven't been captured before. Okay, yeah. And I go back to what I said at the beginning in terms of it doesn't mean that you love drinking it all the time, but it does mean you can be very proud of the category. You don't have to be Irish for that. Yeah, yeah. Like the amount of American people I've interacted with over the last 10 years that are so proud about Irish whiskey yeah. because their grandma. <laughs> One sixteenth Irish, yeah. Big time. <laughs> Whereas we don't have that. Like yeah, yeah. All, if you could talk to all my buddies now who are from Cork City, still live in Cork City, they don't have a breeze. Well, I'm one of them, like, you yeah, know what I mean? They don't I, have a clue. Just and, like, we're producing from. some of the best whiskey in yeah. the world. It, it, it happens that lots of it's produced 20 miles away from Cork, but there's lots of been produced up the north of the country over the last 10 years has been a complete boom in terms of the quality of spirit being yeah. produced around the country and it's a big it's a big deal is in it's a big deal for our personal enjoyment it's a big deal for the economy as Matthew said if you're talking about Scotland we had a little get together last night in the Lucky Duck in Dublin shout out to the Lucky Duck yeah. absolute legends there <laughs> the but seniors are doing them we had a there. little we we Matt and myself sat through a, like a scotch whiskey masterclass say, right. for about 2 years ago 
and the amount of statistics they had about the benefit of the Scotch industry for the economy of the United Kingdom, not even Scotland. So yeah. it's like two and a half percent of the total exports of the UK are single malt Scotch. And when you think about that, you're like, Jesus Christ, as in think of all the stuff that comes out of England and Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland, I'm sure. And two and a half percent of all of it is just one type of whiskey produced yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. Mad, so yeah. the impact it can have yeah. as a product, as a category, people really don't know about it. I, another big part of it, but is make it fun, make yeah. it a little bit lively, yeah. show people that it can just be the same as going for a little pint or going for Gosh, a little jemmy yeah. ginger. Yeah. It doesn't have to be heavy on the whole education side of it. So I'm giving you the world's longest it's meeting answer like-minded people. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's meeting like-minded people, and I get that because obviously with podcasts. You, you see like the big ones that are all doing live shows so you have kind of maybe created a market where you are doing like these little impromptu well I don't know if they're impromptu but these little kind of nights where people can come and, and discover whiskey and it doesn't have to be fucking Vicar Street or, or and there needs to be value with it as well yeah I mean, fair play to anybody that can sell out Vicar Street but if you're just going to listen to people talk like as in that's really in the eye of the beholder whereas yeah. I think what we're offering is hopefully something enjoyable to listen to but it's also a bit of return for your money Yeah. the reality is like it costs 80 euro to get the bus now <laughs> so as in, it might cost you 40 or 50 quid to come along to one of our tastings yeah. or one of our nights but you're going to get a lot in return for that yeah. hopefully you get some enjoyment as well but yeah. it's not just two lads yeah, yeah. talking show just, just to jump in and ask a question there for yourself Ryan, yeah. have you ever been to like a beer or a wine or a whiskey th- anything I've similar I've done the Jameson tour Okay. That's about and the Guinness tour, obviously. That's yeah. probably as far as I went. I used me and my missus used to go to that taste of Dublin as well. So they used to do like little shows and stuff like that. But I do see what you are doing, and I actually I was looking to go to the the one you had on last night, but I missed out on tickets. Um, so definitely let me know next time, and I'll come I'll come along and see what the crack is with that. And what's so getting into yourself, man? What is it you're doing now? So I still work for Jameson, Irish yeah. Jameson. Yeah. So like, as in the when we say like, if anyone's confused listening in, they're like, why are they fucking saying Irish Stillers then Jameson? <laughs> so Irish Stillers is the overall company. So right. below that you have Jameson, Powers, Redbreast, Middleton, yeah, Method of Madness, the spot whiskies. Yeah, so it's all Irish Stillers. So I'd be an ambassador. Oh, nice for IDL. So my day to day would be like brand education around yeah. the country. So for the Republic, like so Dublin, Cork, Galway, Limerick, yeah. Kerry, uh, bartender training advocacy training like retail staff and the likes yeah. of O'Brien's or Celtic Whiskey oh sweet our yeah. sponsors so shout out Celtic Whiskey shout out Celtic Whiskey there <laughs> if anyone hears this um, so that, that'd be my main role so I still work for the for the company nice the variety um, still tuned in and Centico is it keeps me and Mike in contact yeah for different parts of the country definitely but yeah. uh, that's that's my kind of day today so yeah so is that obviously I saying you work for the Irish Distilleries um, and you're working there's Jameson all these so I know myself, like as I mentioned, Jameson, Redbreast, Middleton. What's uh? I'll, I'm just gonna ask this because I think it's a funny thing to ask. <laughs> what's the crack with uh, proper twelve? What do you, what's your opinions that's on funny, that? Funny, like, isn't that like, when that was <laughs> See, because I'm like, you know me, I, I'm the casual drink whiskey drinker. So and it's the Conor McGregor hype train about the whiskey. You know what I mean? I've had it a few times and I couldn't tell you the difference between proper twelve or. Yeah, what well, like powers this powers whiskey? It's actually nice. The more that I'm drinking it, I'm like, yes. yeah, it's. I'm starting to like me throat isn't as borny. You know what I mean? <laughs> so or maybe you might have caught me there with the powers, but for uh, just ask because it's. A, I don't know. It's uh, anyone that's listening will know about proper twelve and our kind of demographic would be the lads or whatever and few of the boys that listen. So, what is our opinion on proper twelve? Is it is it in news or is it good whiskey or is it just the hype of McGregor? I'll, I'll give you a very quick one. 
Right. And then Michael will give you a very quick one. <laughs> and then we'll kick off. <laughs> uh, so basically, like, so the, it, the funny thing for me would be that when Proper 12 came out, it's like basically me and Mike have talked before about celebrity brands. Yeah. Whether it's tequila or vodka right, or whiskey. Yeah, because there's a load of, like, I know Ryan Reynolds does that aviation, aviation gin, gin and The yeah. Rock has tequila, tequila and there's all shit like yeah. that. Yeah. So I think it's the hype around us. So that's why I was kind of interested in asking. What's it is. The, it's a good one, is it? So for yourself or for anybody listening in, so basically, like the way that actually happens, the way that brand actually happens in the first place is someone makes product and sells yeah, it. Yeah, because I, I heard. Sorry, I don't mean to cut in. You, no, I heard. Right. I heard he went to someone first, and they were like, "No, we're not doing it," and then went to Middleton, I think. No. no. So, so what happened there would be so, like as I was kind of saying there a second ago, so someone can make whiskey and sell it themselves. They can make it from start to finish and sell it on under a brand name, right. or in the likes of McGregor. What you can do is you can go to the market and buy whiskey off somebody and repackage it, relabel right, it. Right, yeah, So yeah. McGregor would have went to Proximo Spirits, so it would have been the, the Bushmills distillery. Oh, Bushmills, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. yeah. Source whiskey from there, and then relabel that as proper Branded 12. as proper 12, yeah. And then the last thing I have is, is that I've never actually tasted it, and it's yeah. not out of any mad disrespect or anything, it's just yeah. the fact that, as in there's nothing about the liquid that would make me go, I need to try it, Yeah. other than the fact the fella has a big social media following. Right, yeah, so it's not like a specialty kind of whiskey that he made and came out himself, it was just rebranded whiskey for proper 12 like yeah before they pass so. it over to mike though the one, <laughs> the one thing to say on that would be so it's what i found the most interesting of the whole process leave everything else aside is you could walk into a centra in cabra and you could see powers gold jemison original bush mills and proper 12 right. so that's the power it has yeah the power of like you can buy something repackage it and it's in centra and cabra <laughs> and people in cabra have been only drinking jemison for the last eight years yeah so yeah. that's kind of an interesting thing <laughs> yeah for, well for look as you said he's a fucking worldwide superstar so obviously anything he puts his name on it's gonna do numbers or whatever same <laughs> with the forge still i know the boys richie would say he's a guinness guru but um he didn't like the forge still but look eats their own i was just saying do you want to give your take on it yeah, then? I, I suppose I, I always, people ask me about it all the time and I kind of speak about the man first and then the liquid second. So yeah. I think no matter what you think of him, you have to have massive admiration for what he's managed to be able to do. Yeah, yeah. Because there's loads of lads are good fighters. There's yeah. loads of good fighters in Ireland in all yeah. different disciplines. But he completely transcended all of that in yeah, terms of yeah. the whole kind of celebrity booze thing. I think the only time it has a real kind of grounding is when they're actually involved in the production of it and right. the reality is he's involved in the marketing of yeah, it yeah 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 he markets it so well <laughs> it's that hyper aggressive yeah you're an absolute idiot if you don't think this is the best thing in the yeah, world yeah yeah i think yeah. anybody that knows anything about whiskey is aware of the fact that's not the best whiskey in the world yeah which is perfectly fine Doesn't yeah, have yeah. To be. yeah but like i said he made he made more money ryan in 18 months than anybody involved in irish whiskey has made in the last 18,000 years <laughs> fucking hell so it's you crazy can, you can say it? about it what you will but he didn't go into that so everyone would be like oh my god this is amazing this is a whiskey connoisseur like a big yeah, bag yeah. of cash yeah and, and he, he got delivered it. the bag <laughs> of cash <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not going to yeah, sit here he and sold say it. he sold it for like a couple of billion as well or oh, part of it for yeah I think it was maybe like 300 million they were saying it yeah, was sold for but million, again you hear about all those deals I think the reality is for any normal people like us those numbers you can't even think about them <laughs> and when you're aware of how the whiskey industry works yeah. there's no one starting whiskey brands and that making any that. type of is yeah it? like yeah because that was that kind of leads on to another question that i was going to ask so obviously you see like a lot of craft beer kind of popping up nowadays is that kind of would there be a craft whiskey like is there people trying to do like craft whiskeys where they're making their own whiskey in their sheds or whatever and and yeah. that kind of buzz is that is like 
yeah so so for the last so anything that me or you or mike would drink in in this room or if we left the, the room now we went to a bar yeah we bought a glass of whiskey off at a bar it's coming from one of maybe six seven eight distilleries whereas at the moment there's 40 plus distilleries making right. liquids vast majority of those would have started within the last five six years yeah so at the moment there definitely is a craft whiskey boom but the thing would be with a brewery there's less lead time so if we us three in the room said let's go and start 44 cc brewery yeah yeah we could probably do it's a great we, name we, we could be active <laughs> aib comes knocking on the door aib's like here, here you go off, off you pop we could be making beer we could be selling beer in bars within the next month yeah whereas to make it to start a whiskey company you have to all the costs are up front or all yeah. materials equipment you have to wait three years to let to whiskey age them, there's yeah, loads yeah. of cash gonna, they want to go in on that process as well I'll, yeah. I'll put pick his brain on that yeah. but loads of cash but the, yeah. but the long story short there is a craft whiskey boom it's a bit slower yeah. like we'll only you it's only see time, development right? in, in 10 year periods rather than month periods yeah yeah so like because you need to let it sit as you said yeah yeah, a lot, yeah. And, and like I said 90, 90% of that progression has happened in the time me and Mike have started working in whiskey yeah, so yeah. it's bit, it's came like leaps it's and a new, yeah so like yeah. and maybe another couple of years we'll have a lot of craft whiskies kind of coming around and trying to make a name for themselves and I think in terms of the whole craft whiskey thing Ryan I think craft beer is a thing because there's a, there's a real differentiator between beers that are produced like Guinness and we're big Guinness drinkers but yeah. there's th- th- you have people call them macro and micro beers and yeah, it's, yeah. it's easy for people to understand even if you don't get it whereas the whole idea of craft whiskey I think people should just focus on producing whiskey here. There's lots of stuff happening at the moment in terms of smaller distilleries, smaller producers, and there can be lots of hype around them. And they, they could be producing amazing stuff, but a lot of them seem to be very focused on kind of shitting on the big lads. Right. And I just think that's a very long way towards where you're yeah, trying to yeah. get to. I think you'd be far better off saying, well, what we're doing here is really good and unique and also fair play to everybody who's kind of paved the way in front yeah, of us. Yeah, they're the reason why we're doing this as well, you know. That you don't get much so you don't take a stab at them. Like. Yeah, whereas you get a lot of that. You get a lot of kind of lads being like, oh, well, what we're doing is technically right. Yeah, and what other yeah. people are doing is technically wrong. And you're like, well, like that's like me making stout today and saying Guinness is technically wrong. Yeah. Like, who, who cares? Like, yeah, so yeah. people are far better off focusing on why they're doing it, the fact they love it as a liquid, the fact they love it as a sector they want to add to it. I think that's all fantastic. That's all good energy. Yeah. And then there's definitely some of those things in the kind of hyper nerdy whiskey circles. That we just we we don't kind of I suppose we don't connect with those yeah, people yeah, at all. Yeah, um, and it's unusual. Like it's unusual to first of all have a good level of knowledge. Second of all, absolutely love what you're talking about, but then find that there is a big part of the market where you're like, geez, I I can't relate to these people at all, and I can relate to normal people who don't have a clue far quicker. Um, and I think that's a big void. I think it's a void that should be filled. I think it's yeah. a void that we can definitely fill. And again, sometimes I feel like I'm speaking about this. It's a bit like, like rhetoricy. Like it doesn't mean that much. <laughs> no, it's not I get that you. Important. Yeah, yeah. It's no, but you need to you need to put it out there. You know what I mean? You need to have you need to have that set kind of way Big of thinking time. as well. You know Big what I mean? Because like as like for me personally, because you guys imagine I walked into like a fucking whiskey bar or whatever, I'd probably be bleeding laughed at you know. And I'd be like, oh, what's that? You know what I mean? So and it's as you said, it's those kind of people that kind of maybe are deterring the whiskey kind of industry because I would have looked before I met you guys and I would have looked at people that enjoy whiskey as these 
stuck up snobby like oh we drink whiskey you know like cigar fucking you know what i mean like that's yeah. a, that's just how i would have seen it because i never knew anyone in the business but then obviously chatting to you guys and we're sitting here doing a fucking podcast and it's real like you're obviously down to earth people and i know you here so it's it's nice to know that the industry and that maybe that's what you are doing for the industry is paving that kind of that way of look you can be a whiskey drinker without being a prick as well you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah. or like you don't have to shot and you don't have like you're educating people as you said so it's really really cool um i think the next thing that i wanted to ask was as you touched on matt the kind of the, the aging and stuff i like again this is new me being have not having a clue i think it's just mad the way it has to sit there for like a couple of years before it's ready to drink like what's that process so because i know like i've heard of like red breast and it's like 12 years old or like blah 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 and now obviously i know that means it was sitting in a barrel for fucking and i've done the jameson tour and they do a certain like oak fucking barrels and all mm. so not that bad like i know a little bit i, I, I hope i do um so like what's that process of it sitting there like what uh, does that take the flavors from the oak or like from the barrels and yeah, do you want to so give me a good educational yeah, answer so there? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually sneak up to you now. I'm going to put this bottle in front of you. Right. You get a se- second, you're going to pour this in the egg. This is actually a 12 year old whiskey, which is what I'm thinking of it. Oh. So, one second there into the mic. Oh. So, what do I have to do? Just leave it there whenever you want to have a soup. Okay, that's, cool. That's the, that's the good stock, is it? That's the good stock. Right. <laughs> so, I suppose that's a good question. And I'll, I'll be very brief on this. I won't go down the whole education rabbit hole. But well, give, us, give us a nice answer because we've. Yeah. Not a good bit of time for the for the folks at home. So kind of <laughs> so any whiskey in the world, Ireland, Scotland, America, anywhere else, is going to be from very start to finish. So whiskey basically is what initially uh, beer that's distilled. So you take grains, yeah, water, yeast, a kind of a weird uh, crude beer is made. It's then distilled to a higher alcohol content. You're talking yeah. anywhere between eighty to ninety four percent alcohol. Right. That clear liquid which people would describe as being like moonshine like or yeah, yeah, yeah. would then carry into barrel right. and then age so the barrels that we use in Ireland are mainly oak barrels yeah. from the United States that used to hold bourbon whiskey so American oak barrels or barrels from Europe from places like Spain yeah. used to hold wines like so it's the, the, the tree like the, the certain specific type of tree that go, like makes the barrels yeah big time right. but what a lot of people don't think of is at the very start depending on like the, the beer that's made depending on how it's distilled there can be a lot of flavour in the spirit. Yeah. So whether you're at uh, Middleton or Bushmills or Dingle or down in Tullamore for Tullamore Dew, the spirit they're making and all those different distilleries before it goes into barrel has different flavours, yeah. characteristics, and then it carries into wood. The aging process, to be brief on it, would be when that spirit that has a certain house flavour... So it comes out a clear spirit? Clear spirit. And then is it the wood that kind of makes it brown? or Correct. is it? Yeah, oh, cool. Correct. Yeah. Right. So it carries into wood and it ages Irish whiskey minimum is three years old. Yeah. In whatever barrel it's in. Yeah. As years pass on, the spirit that's in the wood extracts more colour and flavour from the type of wood it's in. Yeah. So the longer it's in there, the more it picks up from the wood. Doesn't mean that the older the whiskey is, the better it is. Yeah. It just means the more you're getting from the wood. Okay. And there's loads of variables involved yeah, yeah. in that. The, the whiskey I passed you there, it's called Powers John's Lion. It's a 12-year-old whiskey. The first whiskey I had was Powers Go label, which doesn't have an age on the bottle. Yeah, I noticed that because I can see the age 12 years and I look to see the one that I, I was drinking. Know, I was like, I'm yeah. drinking three-year-old. <laughs> yeah, that's so the minimum is three, but the, what goes into the Powers Go is like five to seven. But if you right. don't see an age, we know that it's legally minimum three. Yeah. But it can be any combination. Between three and, yeah. When you see a number, that's the like the youngest whiskey yeah. in barrel that went into the into the mix. Right, right. And what would be like, so as you said, it doesn't really matter the, the age in a sense it's just the, the more 
the wood that goes into it or whatever, what would be like, because I know 12 is probably a long time, is that, there's obviously higher ones, is there? Yeah, so like there's the, so the, like the oldest whiskies that have been sold in the Irish market in the last couple of years are, are 40 plus years right, old. Right, yeah, yeah. But and they're the ones cost you a couple of blade and 100 for a shot of it. The, yeah, for a shot of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but for the whole bottle, you get a mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just the reason before that, before we kick on, would be if anyone's listening going like, I mentioned the, the quality gauge there. So people would often see a higher number or higher price tag and think, Jesus, that must That's be better. better. That's not the case <clears> at all. So I mentioned the longer the whiskies in the wood, the more you're getting from the wood. But while the whiskey's aging in a barrel, any kind of barrel, there's whiskey that evaporates from the barrel. So the longer right. the whiskey's in the wood, the more you lose. Yeah. So in terms of like, in terms of just demand, yeah. the longer the whiskey's in the wood, the more that leaks away, the more it evaporates. So the more costly it's going to be way down the line. The yeah. producer says we're going to allow that to age longer. Right. That's why all the whiskies are more expensive. It wouldn't be yeah. because they're better. Right. Or it's just it's just a less liquid to sell in the end. No, that's fair enough. Yeah, no, yeah. I, know, I always knew like <coughs> had something to do with the wood and I seen again with, I don't mean to be bringing up proper 12 again, but Connor's bringing it, well, he's obviously not bringing out, but they're bringing out the, the apple flavour or something. Um, with that, I don't know, I just know much about that. Yeah, and I think like a, a lot of that stuff takes up a, a kind of an unusual space here. In is terms this a new kind of terms of whiskey with this apple flavor? Yeah, well, that's not whiskey as such. Done. I want to say it's not right, whiskey yeah. as in like whiskey here is produced under a technical foil. So if you want to produce something and it's to be called Irish whiskey, it's the same as if you want to produce sparkling wine and champagne and you want it to be called champagne. So regardless of what you hope you can do, there is a set of regulations that say what you can do. Right. And people can kind of fall on one side or the other of arguing, which is it can sometimes be a little bit frivolous in terms of it's a little bit irrelevant. Like, regardless of how strong someone's opinions are, if you want to call something Irish whiskey today in Ireland, you have to do certain things when you're producing it, and there's no additives of flavours. So that proper 12 Irish apple or yeah. the, the apple whiskey, whatever they're producing, technically <coughs> wouldn't be considered a whiskey. Okay. So you might call it like a whiskey liqueur or you could call it... Right. You can, drink or or yeah. you can call it Conor McGregor's proper <laughs> apple. <laughs> but McGregor will mark it as a whiskey, ah, won't he? Yeah. <laughs> the words, there would be, be diplomatic words that would be used, yeah. but it wouldn't be like, that's what people don't often realise. When you see the two words Irish whiskey on a the label, there's yeah. actually so much behind that. Right, yeah, Sometimes yeah. Like, oh, sure, look, whatever, but there's yeah. rules like, you have to follow. Yeah, no, so. that's, that's cool to know. Yeah. And uh, so getting into like, we'll ask a go at Muma, what would be like, is Powers your go-to now? Like, is that the, the top for you? Like, what's your favourite? As in, let's say top shelf, like, so ones that you get in a bar, and we just, as you said, you can walk into Carberry, get a James, Jameson, Powers, blah, blah, blah. What would be your go-to whiskey then? It would be Powers, Powers to yeah. be fair. So Powers would be, it comes from, like, when I started in the industry, it was a whiskey that I understood really easily. Right. It was very easy to see what it was, what the brand was all about. The liquid, the juice is absolutely next level. Right. So, and it, sorry, but they were cutting in on you. Is it more of how they kind of created it? Rather than the like the taste, like because I as I'm drinking that now, right? If you put that whiskey in front of me without saying powers, I wouldn't know what it was. Like I just, mm. can you tell the difference between a powers and a Jameson? Or yeah, yeah, a lot okay. of that comes with experience. Yeah, yeah. Lot, if you if you're into your stuff and you try different things, same way if you're a beer connoisseur, yeah, you go yeah. around. Not saying me and my car whiskey connoisseurs, yeah. but if no, you try yeah. enough of it, you yeah. kind of get a feel for the yeah. differences. So, so it may. So it's like if I drank a blade and point of cars and a point of Heineken, I'd know the difference between the two. That's, That's the, the same process. with whiskey, yeah. Yeah. See, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have never thought that because, as I said, as a new guy, well, not a new guy that on whiskey, I've been drinking whiskey a while, but for me, it was just 
getting it down my blade and slogging, getting locked, <laughs> you know what I mean? What would yours be? Would yours powers, powers as well? Yeah, mine yeah. would be powers as well. I think powers is in like, again, we have a running joke in terms of like, you could probably go to that same centre in Cabra today yeah. and they'd look at me funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I'd be like, oh yeah, do you have a bottle of powers? And yeah. they'd be like, yeah, it's in the back and it's free. Whereas proper 12 is 30 quid. So I think powers is definitely like, one of the most undervalued right. products mm. that's being produced here. People here at Powers Go Label and the same where you were talking, Ryan, about how the whiskey fella that you think of is the, f- the old guy sitting in a room smoking yeah. a cigar or whatever. People tend to think that Powers is something that my granda drank. Yeah, I would associate Powers with the old, that kind of generation. And that's not a bad thing at all. Like, <coughs> yeah. A big part of the new Powers campaign is that whole old but gold thing where right, yeah. the idea is if someone's drinking it for years and years, it's obviously really good and there's truth in that message, but it's probably also damaging for your average young lad yeah, young yeah, girl yeah. who just wants to have a Powers. I think the reality is it's unbelievably good quality. Second to that, it's very accessible. It's, yeah. it's cheap. You can get a bottle inside in the shop for genuinely like very, very cheap. You could probably get it for the, the same price as a kind of expensive bottle of wine. Yeah. And when you're aware of the fact it's taken between five and seven years to make, it's made by the same people who are producing some of the best whiskies in the world. Yeah. I think it's a very rare liquid as a result of that. There's also lots of these new brands coming out at the moment where it's very common for three, four, five-year-old whiskey to be two or three times the price of powers yeah and i try and stay away from the whole idea of the cost of the bottle because generally when people are talking about the cost of the bottle or the price of a bottle of whiskey it's always because it's so expensive whereas in the terms of powers it's because it's so cheap yeah so i think well and i won't lie i would look at powers and jameson and think jameson was the better whiskey because of the price point and i that's mm. like I've, as i've saying as i've said i'm having a clear about whiskey and I've, i'm glad to be learning all this because going forward maybe I will kind of have a little look at it differently and be like well the boys know that stuff that's saying powers is the better the better it's funny I just keep calling it liquid I don't know I know that's what it is like but I've just never heard anyone else referring to whiskey as liquid like it's it's really cool <laughs> but, um, so yeah powers going forward it's and like and as you said you were saying like powers black label and stuff if, if the powers is a bit more expensive well Will you agree that it's a bit better, yeah? No, Even so the thing with the power, the power's go label in the John's Lane would be that, like, this is me and Mike's opinion. So yeah, when yeah. we're sitting here saying this to you, doesn't mean that someone could be sitting at home saying, well, they don't have a clue what they're talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're talking about the quality, what, what we get back from it. And yeah. again, like, we try a good amount of uh, uh, bits and pieces, but it doesn't mean we're saying that this is better than that. Like, yeah. Jameson's fantastic liquid, as in Bushmills, Tullamore Marju Powers, Redbreast, it's all fantastic stuff. Yeah. It just depends on where you're coming from. And from a point of view, Mike mentioned there, the value element would be that you can get a glass of Powers Gold for the same price as a glass of Jemison, but yeah. because of that visual of it being out loud with a newspaper and a point, yeah, yeah. like, oh, jeez, my grandma uh, yeah. drank that. Yeah, it's Powers Bush Mill. I think maybe Jameson kind of connected with the, maybe the younger age group because of Jameson, Ginger Ale and Lyme. 100%. Yeah. You're young, right? You said, you said it yourself at the very start. Well, I've been drinking it since, since it's been uh, cool. I think it was back in like 2015. That was when yeah. I started blading all the... The hipsters, as you'd call them, started drinking James. But yeah, it's it's really nice with. So like, if you was are on a night out, would you just be drinking like little bits of powers? Like, would you mix it or is that not like in? No, as in again, I I think this is very important for people. As in, like anyone who takes it that seriously, where you're saying, "Geez, you can't do this," yeah, they're missing the point totally. Yeah. So like, whatever brings you a little bit of joy, if you're out and you love the idea of having a powers 
with ginger ale or with soda or with tonic i would say absolutely go for it some people are kind of like well the older whiskey shouldn't be mixed and i think the only reason that they shouldn't be mixed is because it costs you so much for <laughs> yeah, the drink it's pretty much the same yeah, yeah. like the bottles in front of you at the moment gold label and john's lane if you're going to go into a shop now today or if you're going to go into a pub inside in dublin you're talking about let's say six euro and 15 euro for a drop if you're then going to add 150 mils of ginger ale and a big squeeze of lime chances are you're going to end up with a very similar tasting drink and one's going to cost you three times the price yeah, so yeah the yeah. reason i'd be recommending people not mix it is only because it can be a little bit heavy on the pocket yeah but i think as in i i would generally sip whiskey when i go out but again ryan is and i drink points yeah, like yeah far more often than i drink whiskey when i go yeah. out i think again a, a, a big issue when it comes to drinking whiskey in pubs in ireland Matthew and myself went on a little trip to Edinburgh last year. Was it last year? Last year, yeah. yeah we went on a trip to Edinburgh. Now it was four days long. Edinburgh's man. a good spot. Yeah, but we went there for too long. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, yeah, we done that with uh, we done that with Glasgow. It was the first episode I'd been to Glasgow the the weekend before, and I was still dying. So yeah, but Scotland's a great spot. It's amazing. Yeah. But what we learned when we were over there was big whiskey fans. We wanted to go over and in a non-heavy way speak to hopefully bartenders who have an interest in whiskey and they can kind of point us in the direction of new stuff yeah and every bar you walked into they weren't whiskey bars they weren't cocktail bars they were just normal average bars whiskey had a big focus there was a little bit of service attached to it and again nothing overly heavy but nice clean glasses all that stuff makes a big difference yeah and you could get a little drop of whiskey for not necessarily that cheap but it was accessible yeah whereas the price of it in ireland it's really hard to go out and drink whiskey unless you're going to kind of very specialised places yeah well that's sort of maybe a few points and then you go on to the Jameson Ginger Ale and I think that's maybe the the (coughs) big issue for people is in particular maybe not Jamie Gingers but if you're sipping whiskey is lads will go out lads or girls will go out and they'll have six points of Coors Light yeah and then they'll have two whiskeys and they'll be like I can't drink whiskey it's going to be mad (laughs) and the reality is you had six points of Coors Light before the whiskey yeah 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 whereas if you went out and you had two whiskeys and six points of Coors Light, you probably say, Jesus, I can't drink Coors Light. <laughs> Whereas the whiskey yeah, gets hammered to the wall yeah. with that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the amount of people <coughs> we know that say, oh, I can't drink whiskey, and they have d- d- Jaeger bombs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I can put my hand on my heart, and I can say, if you can drink Jaeger bombs, you can drink whiskey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is that kind of affiliation between either it's an old man's drink, it's something <coughs> that I would never have a flavor for, or it's the type of thing that makes me into the devil yeah yeah it does it can be very fucking heavy as well the whiskey yeah. and don't get me wrong but, that, but that's not the whiskey's fault it's the person consuming it yeah or it might be the whiskey's fault <laughs> but as in if you're going to drink 40% alcohol and you're going to absolutely hoof it into you and expect to feel okay yeah like that's that's yeah, more asking about, for trouble that yeah. says more about you than it does about the brown like, yeah because I remember uh, when we were on holidays and again Richie Quandell and I know I mentioned him earlier he used to drink whiskey and that's when we used to call him Joe then because he used to turn into <laughs> someone completely different. Joe, the fictional fighter. We were in Santa Ponza one year. <coughs> going off track of the whiskey game. Uh, but we were in uh, Santa Ponza one year and he got fucking hammered. Hammered. And he came... We were all kind of you know, split up. There was like seven or eight of us and we were all kind of split up. And we found him asleep on the stairs of Green Hills. We went over and like, Richie, get up, get up. Ugh. And he started telling us a story about how he battered a load of unflas because they were starting on Cavo, we made Sean. And uh, <coughs> we we finally we went back to the apartment and Cavo was there. And we were like, Cavo, did you and Richie get in the scrap tonight? And Cavo was like, no, no one started on me tonight. And Richie was fast asleep on the sofa. We woke up the next morning like, Richie, what happened? 
And he goes, I wouldn't fight anyone last night. <laughs> it was just the whiskey. So his, his name is Joe, the fictional fighter, because of uh, the whiskey. But I'm, gonna, I'm opening up the uh, the 12 year old now for a little. little that'd, be, you know, that'd be our favourite whiskey in the world there. Yeah. That'd be yeah. Uh, Power that's the good stuff. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, so I have another question for you as well, because. Um, is that all right? It's not too much. No, no it's perfect. Too much worry, but good. Yeah. good. <laughs> but be aware of the night ahead as well. Yeah. Oh, I tell you, I'm going in to go. <laughs> I have to go shopping. I'm going to London in the morning now with my Edo. So, a few days I'm going to go in and get, grab a few bits before I head off. So, so you're going to spend a couple of couple of bobs now after having a few. <laughs> I, might, I might have the meters in the where he's going the lucky duck after. Lucky yeah, 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 I might have the meters there. I'm really expensive sliders, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Definitely, bro. I'd be missing be giving out to me. Yeah. I'll get home at four in the morning. I'm like, oh, I better go to the airport. Yeah. Be flights in two hours. Now, Lauren, this is already. This won't be till next week. So we'll, we'll have already had the fight. But um, so my girlfriend. Uh, her man walks in Dunn stores, yeah, and there was this thing on around about Middleton, and all the prices of these Middleton bottles from like 2016, 2017, and apparently something about Middleton stopped making these whiskies, and they've skyrocketed in price. Am I right in saying that? No. So what happens there? So I'm assuming. <laughs> so there's, so there's a brand called Middleton, very rare. Right. It comes out in Middleton. It's only very small scale versus yeah. like a Power Wars or a Jemison and it's done in a vintage. So each year there's like 2019, yeah, 2020. Yeah. So there's only a limited amount of each vintage, right? so to speak. Yeah. And when they're gone, they're gone. Like, yeah, but yeah. the brand has become seriously collectible. So if you buy a bottle or two, you don't have to open it. You can stick it in the press. And hold on to it. In a year, it's going to double. Yeah, yeah, year yeah. after that. Again. Yeah, she was saying that her, her brother was looking and you could buy like 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. It's like seven grand or something to pick yeah. up to all of them. Like it's, there is whiskies out there that are that rare, yeah. As in, yeah, like as in me and Mike have very close experience with that sort of thing. Right, yeah. it's, it's, it's something we talk about frequently. We talked about it last night. We tasted Middleton Very Rare 23 last night and it is the brand in Ireland at the moment that is the most collectible. It's And as a result, 75% of it probably isn't drank. It's yeah. bought, goes into a press yeah, and it's yeah. on to the next release. Yeah. So it's just the dynamic. Yeah. There's a lot of, Mike mentioned Dink earlier, there's a lot of releases that fall within that category as well of being they're out and they're gone because of the name. Yeah. But um, it's not hasn't been stopped or discontinued. It just goes within a week or two. That's oh, mostly okay. sad. But they're not making those very rares anymore, are they? they are, yeah. Are they, they still make, making yeah, them, are they? make them every year. But right. I, and again, like there's so many kind of mistruths and people will hear one thing in a pub one time and they'll believe it forever. <laughs> yeah. I think the sad thing about it is that the whiskey like that is the whiskey that's meant to be drank the most. Mm. Because if we're talking a while ago about how it's a bit mad that you have to lay whiskey stocks down for three years... So that clear liquid gets pumped into a barrel and it sits in a warehouse somewhere, be yeah. it Middleton or Bushmills or Killarney or Clonakilty or wherever. Yeah. And then after three years or five years, or in the case of Middleton, very rare, say from 12 years up to 30 years, you'd hope that the stuff that's had to last the longest should be drank. Tasted like. The quickest. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas <laughs> now you have this hyper collectability. You spoke about like Pokemon cards. Yeah. I suppose they, unfortunately, whiskeys now like Middleton very rare. They fall into a similar category where people think this is an investment. Yeah, yeah. And I totally get that because people. But like be the the whole idea of whiskey is to for it to be drank. Drink. Like, 100%. what's the point looking at something like? A hundred percent. But but at least with cards, like at least with Pokemon cards, if they're in mint condition and they're the original number ones or whatever, 
they're just something you look at. You're not going to use them to play Pokemon. Can't yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you can't consume them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start eating your new cards. <laughs> there's there's a few young I knew that were eating Pokemon cards <laughs> back in the day. But, <laughs> but yeah, as you said, yeah, I, I understand where you're coming from in that sense because, it, as you mentioned, it is something that is to be drank. So what's the point in leaving it sitting there like it's just brown liquid in a bottle like at the end of the day? Just because yeah. it's been sitting somewhere for 30 years doesn't mean... And I even think like there might be a point as in... Like there's definitely a point in buying something for two hundred euro and selling it in three years for a thousand euro, but it doesn't mean that you're missing the. P- you you could still be missing the point of what it actually is in the first place, and I suppose the big thing for me would be that it's really important the messaging. Sorry, we were very rarely interrupted there. <laughs> Come on, like yeah, boy, the, have you listened to the Blind Boy podcast and he has the barefoot accountant? Yeah. That's the barefoot drummer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fair play to that, you've serious rhythm. <laughs> no, but I just think the whole collectability of whiskey is, and I get it, and if it gets people into it, and if there's new whiskey fans as a result of it, that's fantastic. But definitely one of the more damaging things can be that people now hear Middleton very rare and they're like, oh, Jesus, I can't open that bottle. Yeah. And, like, you absolutely can. And yeah. you definitely should. Yeah. And it's not that important to hang on to these things and put them into your shed and sell them on. Yeah. Whereas it can be really important to drink some of the best whiskeys that are produced in the country today exactly, for yeah. this year and enjoy them with hopefully a few of your friends. Yeah, because if you think about, like, in 20, 30 years, it's going to be, yeah, 20, 30 years older, but it's still just going to be the same whiskey. Like, it's... No, people do make serious money off of it. Yeah, yeah. As yeah. in, like, But it's like, that's money. the market for collectibles, you know what I mean? It's crazy yeah. to think, yeah. like, these mm-hmm. things that can be, as you said, like, it's something to be drank. To not be drank, it's a bit of a waste. You know yeah, <laughs> like well, it's, it's definitely, like, like it, we ho- we just need to hope that most people aren't thinking that way. Yeah, yeah. It's grand if some people are. Yeah. But if everyone's, like... But I think it'd be cool out if people had to come around and you're like, yeah, that's 2006, like, say it's 2056, and you're like, ah, oh, that's... 2016 Middleton very rare and there's only about that much left Big time. and you're like yeah we, we yeah. drank that the last 50 years like yeah. it's been fucking great you know what sure. I mean? so I'm show a little spanner <laughs> in as well to catch your breath a little bit and like what would you drink if you're out in the boat you and the crew what would you be drinking in the bars bars so night out would be as I said points of Heineken maybe Moretti or that new player Madri from Madrid it's really nice Um, yeah we'd be on the, the bears force and then it depends like I, I, I'm James and Ginger Ale like full like I don't mess around with anything else like I'm, I know my limits with James and Ginger Ale you know what I mean but like if someone came up to me and was like yeah Ryan there's a blade and vodka getting 7-up I'm not drinking it yeah down the hatch you know what I mean like it's, yeah. but I, I think a lot of and a lot of the, I think a lot of the lads now cocktails are a very big thing now as well like especially even in like guys fucking circles or whatever like I drink a Long Island iced tea or a porn star martini or I've actually never I don't need well I don't really... Well, obviously, yeah, I do look at the menus and I look at what's in the ingredients or whatever, but I think, what is it? Uh, what's the one with the orange peel? The whiskey sour? <laughs> An old-fashioned? An old-fashioned, yeah. Old fashioned. That's yeah, an amazing yeah. question, though, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I enjoy an old-fashioned. What's the one though. with the glass? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I just... Because as you were, spo- you were speaking about Jordan Mitchell earlier, I used to go to his barbers and they used to have... Yeah. Is Jordan Mitchell Jordan I'm thinking of? No. Oh. Different, different Jordan. Um, they used to be. They used to have whiskeys, and they used to put a big orange peel in it. That's the. That's, sorry, I know that's. Again, I'm a noob to all this. Ice, ice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, lads, calm down. Yeah, I've waited on my podcast. I'm taking the mickey on me. I have a few. I have a few blade glasses of whiskey, and is I taking the piss out of me? <laughs> no, but yeah, no, I would. I would be beers at the start, and then maybe four or five beers, and then I would go into whiskey or 
I, I was mad on the pink gin and seven up for a while, but that fucking the hangovers you get from pink gin, man. <laughs> That's the sugar, man. The pink gin knows you in. Do you think it's, it's the sugar? It's, it's not the alcohol. It's 100% the sugar, yeah. Yeah? Don't get me wrong, it's the alcohol too, but people would be like, I had 15 pink gins and Club Lemon last night. Why do I feel unwell? I was like, well, you had 15 bottles of Club Lemon. Like. <laughs> <laughs> As in, have that without the yeah, pink gin, no. you feel sick. Uh, no, it's de- I definitely get different hangovers from pink gin than I do. But would you have a lot of them, like? Yeah, I would have yeah, a good few of them. Pink gin and seven up. Yeah. I know, but yeah. like it's I mean in a like pink gin and seven ups versus James well, maybe the ginger ale doesn't have as much sugar. But if I was to have a load of Jamie ginger ales I'd be grand, but the pink gin just the stomach would be Yeah, yeah I think yeah. also a lot of that is like and we're all guilty of this, a lot of that is like psychosyndomatic in terms of you'd be saying it you before yourself, as in you'd be like I'm drinking this thing that gets me hungover. Well, yeah, I get, I do that now, yeah. but like when I first started pink gin, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, yeah. bollocks, this is different, man. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. This is hitting well, me different. Like, I can't even eat a fucking breakfast roll after this, <laughs> you know what I mean? Be sitting there plastered to the sofa, fucking hoping that that's going to end, like, you know what I mean? But, um, no, yeah, I, I, and for nightlife as well, but in a sense of drinking, like, I think it's just, I only ever really, like, say, Obviously, all the big pubs are the cool, like pubs, or whatever. But the nightclubs and stuff, it seems to be only Jameson in them. I don't see much of powers or yeah, anything it's else. It's, it's, it's seems to be just Jameson for whiskey, like yeah. It's a very culturally activated brand. In terms yeah, of, like the marketing behind Jameson would be the budget would be like bigger than a lot of other brands you'd see. So yeah. you'd be it'd be more visible in nightlife and in bars and pubs and that kind of thing. Yeah. And that leads into people drinking more of it and that kind of thing. And it's not part of it. It's, um, but they're all under the kind of same branch of virus distillery, so it's like they're obviously doing different things to make different marketing, maybe. But yeah. the whiskeys there are there the same, is it? So it's just like, like each each brand would appeal to different kinds of people. Like if you know someone, if you have six people in a group, one of them is the real hipster on yeah. the edge. You might be like looking at like the Method of Madness brand because yeah. it's new, it's experimental. What is Method of Madness? It's the experimental brand for distiller. So it's a brand. Where so it's a new whiskey, is it? It's it was it was basically it hit the market in 2016 2017 and basically it's like taking whiskey making and trying to flip it on its head in terms of using different grains different materials using right. different kinds of wood to trying to do before. like different kind of things there yeah the complete like craft go outside of the traditional kind of way of waking and see exactly. what's like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks kind of buzz exactly yeah, so yeah. If you have someone in your friend group who's like who loves new modern kind of concept that's going to appeal to them traditionalists might go for powers people like yeah. jamie ginger might go for jamison yeah red breast drinkers might be yeah. like want to scale up in terms of premium yeah drops, so red breast would you put red breast as a premium whiskey yeah because i know it's been labeled oh, yeah, like that yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah and what makes it different if it like what's so i suppose red breast would be a whiskey that would, would have would have kind of come to being in a slightly different way where Whiskies like Jemison and whiskies like Powers would have been distillery brands. So when Powers originated, it was being produced by the Powers distillery. And when Jemison originated, it was being produced by the Jemison distillery. Whereas when Redbreast are... What did I say there? Jemison? Jemison, yeah. By the Jemison distillery? <laughs> yeah. Yeah? I got a bit tongue-twisted there. <laughs> yeah. Too much of the brown, bro. I was deep in thought. <laughs> no, I'm well able. What I was trying to say there was yeah. that when Redbreast came to being, it would have been Jemison whiskies. That were looked after by an independent bottler or a bonder, and they were referred to as Gilbys. Right. So, Redbreast today would be a representation of a whiskey that kind of came to market way back when in a slightly different way. So it wasn't produced by the Redbreast Distillery. Okay. And it's just 
there's a lot of fanfare about it now. Yeah. You could you can kind of split it down the middle in terms of the quality attached to it is unbelievably good. So even the most accessible, the most entry level red breast whiskey you can get today is world class right. in terms of red breast twelve. And, and then there's what do they do differently? If you don't mind me asking to Jameson it's like technically speaking, yeah. there's more of a fortified wine influence. So the right. whiskies that we're drinking today are more or less all American bourbon barrels, which right. We try and stay away from all this kind of lingo as well in terms of tasting notes because it's all very uh, subjective. And if yeah. I was to say to you, that whiskey tastes like vanilla, you're going to smell it. And if you can get anything past the whiskey, yeah. it might be vanilla. That's what I was going to say as well because I do see like people saying, oh, there's notes of vanilla and all and All I smell is whiskey. Yeah. I don't smell that well, different. Like, most, now, I will say I have had a sup of that 12 years and it's in a lot smoother. I can't and that's stronger as well. Yeah, I can definitely. Def, it doesn't yeah. sting as much as the other one. That's funny because that's forty six percent, and the first one was forty. Right. So you're actually going up in alcohol. Right. So part of it's you. Maybe it's because I'm drinking so much of that. My throat's already burning. <laughs> yeah. And we have you so calm. As yeah, well. yeah. We're very calming people around. Yeah. Just chilled out in this room. Yeah, you're just watching me getting drunker and drunker as the podcast goes on. I'm gonna start slating everyone at the end of it. <laughs> See you, you're going to settling, settling scores. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, sorry, as I was saying, what you were saying. The bourbon barrels for so the big difference between red breast and a whiskey like powers is on the maturation side of it. Yeah. So the spirit that goes into the barrels isn't necessarily a million miles different, but the right. type of barrels it's filled into is quite. So different. the barrels do obviously play a big part, big time. Yeah. In particular in whiskies like red breast, where you have fortified wine, so wines that have been produced specifically to be aged in a barrel. And then those barrels are used for whiskey refilling. So in the yeah. case of Redbreast, you have Oloroso Sherry. So it's a type of fortified wine produced in Spain. Generally speaking, it will add kind of a, a nice, dry, full, fruity flavor to a whiskey. Right. And that wouldn't necessarily make an appearance in Powers or it makes a tiny appearance in Powers John's Lane, whereas it makes a very big appearance in whiskies like Redbreast. Okay. So barrel selection and the type of liquid that was in those barrels before it was used for refilling for whiskey makes a big difference as well. Right. But I think getting into that in too much detail for yeah, people, yeah. it all becomes yeah. a little bit bad. Yeah, yeah. now it's look, it's fucking yeah. mad fruity. interesting to me. Like, it's yeah, fruitier. Yeah. <laughs> now it's interesting to me because, uh, as I said, I'm only a blading James and Ginger Ale guy, so hearing all those, I know I probably won't understand it to you as a level, but it's interesting to understand that like different barrels play different parts of whiskey making and stuff like that. So I really do appreciate just coming on. Um, before we wrap up, what was I going to say? I'm bleeding. I'm starting to feel it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you just have me hooked on a single, yeah. <laughs> <of drops>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. But now, that 12 years, so on a, can you buy that anywhere or is it just, you can, yeah? You can, right. So that's about the low. So Powers Go Label, the first one is available anywhere. Yeah. Anywhere in Ireland. Um, that's the entry level. The Powers John's line is a little more premium. Right. Between 60, 65, 70 euro for a bottle of that. Yeah. You get it in again. Celtic whiskey, yeah, yeah, up the Celtic whiskey, Celtic, Celtic whiskey, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Don's, Super Value, Tesco, any, any, any shops really that stock premium Irish whiskey, but um, that'd be more of the if anyone was listening in the John's Powers John's Lane twelve year, be more of kind of a whiskey drinkers whiskey, yeah, yeah. Whereas Go Label, you get that you have a ice water mixed drink Irish coffee hot whiskey, it's more of an all rounder and Sweet, it's more yeah. cost effective. Oh yeah, actually, and then we mentioned Irish coffee. <laughs> we get a friend star Ron, shout out Ron. He always gets upset when the the people the bartenders put the sugar in after they've made it you have to put the sugars in before you do all the whiskey so if you're an aspiring bartender and you're listening put the sugars in before you do all the liquid or blah 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 i know you're a bit tight for time so i'll wrap it up there and um, i do appreciate you just coming on boys it's been a very educational uh conversation 
I'm a little bit drunk now, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> so maybe my shopping trip to town is gonna change to maybe a night out. Who knows? Who knows? It's payday, you know. Yeah. So, but now boys really appreciate it. And look somewhere down the line, if he's doing more fucking nights in the Lucky Duck or anywhere else, give us a shout. Love to come in and and witness the the. The magic. The magic, yeah, that's yeah, the one thing of well magic can happen. Yeah, yeah. So uh, shout out Matt, shout out Mick, Michael, whatever you fucking call it. Check out the Santa Cut on Spotify. The boys are doing great things. If you're into whiskey, get involved with them. Um, yeah. We'll wrap her up there. Yeah, anything else you want to say? No, thank no. you so much, bud. Yeah. I think the more people that are doing stuff like this, the better, no matter what you're talking about. Whether you're talking about whiskey, or you're talking about wine, or you're talking about the wooden tables you make at yeah. home. Just oh, we're just talking shit every week, yeah, so we might actually start drinking more whiskey on the podcast. <laughs> that'll that'll help you, yeah. get loose. As long as it's responsible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no, Matthew, so much, I'm glad we could link up and see each other again. It's been a while. I'm happy you're doing things. And, doing, and as I can see from the two years, is a real passionate about what you do. As you said earlier, Mick, um, when you're doing something that you enjoy, you don't really feel like you're doing that, and it's just today to day. So. Um, yeah, we'll wrap her up there. Episode 32. Follow the boys on Instagram at the Santa Cut. If you want, you want to do is our own personal Instagrams. Don't have one. No. No. I'm grand. No, 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 no. Yeah, just, so the yeah, just follow the Santa Cut. We're just watching. <laughs> We're just watching. <laughs> Go listen to them on Spotify if you're interested in whiskey and all that other good stuff. And we'll check you out next week. Bye, everyone.